0: CavsCorner.com podcast. CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the Palatial Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, April the 27th. We're going to talk to you about the. Uh, I guess the easiest way to just talk about this is to call it the final practice. I don't really feel like Spring Festival really gets down to what actually happened on the field. Uh, but all three of. Uh, of your uh, mighty podcast crew were in attendance on Saturday in Scott Stadium to see the Cavaliers uh, uh, finish out spring ball. Um, so we will get into uh, kind of what our our thoughts were, um, what we thought, what we think we saw, what our some of our opinions are, that kind of thing. And that uh, I think is going to be um, it's going to be an interesting uh, off season for the for the Wahoos in the sense that a lot of the foundation seems to have been laid, and and it seems like from talking to Bronco Mendenhall. You know, the team has a little bit more maybe uh, installed than, than maybe they thought they would. Um, but at the same time, he, I think he was very careful to make sure that he corrected expectations. A lot of us heard, you know, ahead of schedule, ahead of schedule. And he means in terms of buy-in. He doesn't necessarily mean in terms of X's and O's. So we'll get into that. Uh, before we do, let's go around and introduce everybody out in Waynesboro. David Spence, welcome back to the podcast, sir.
1: Thank you, Brad. David Spence, Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter.
0: And staff writer Justin Ferber is also back for the show. Ferber, welcome back. <coughs> uh,
2: thank you. And the palatial Arlington Estates.
0: Ooh, <laughs> nice. Well done. Palatial. Palatial. You're under you're Justin underscore or something. Something.
2: Underscore Ferber, I apologize. That's okay.
0: Cavs corner Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs <laughs> underscore corner. Great place for our in-game updates, content items, and the occasional uh Woody Banter. All right, so let's start with with it here. Um I think for a lot of people and Ferber I think hit this note in the wrap up on Monday uh, you heard people cheering when you saw stretching, which I have to think was probably a first bronco seemed <laughs> seemed not to really know what to what to really make of it um, but I thought it was interesting the fans kind of cheered uh, at one point, clapped at others uh, throughout the the beginning of practice i think I guess the the, the kind of synchronicity of it all um i just want to touch on that just briefly to me and you guys tell me what you think i i i guess i expect i expected them to be intense i did not expect them to be so and this was i guess the theme throughout practice so like in step with each other um what did you guys think uh uh, in that respect especially i guess at the start was that something that kind of caught your attention you just were like whoa or was that just something you kind of expected to see
1: I mean, I kind of expected to see it based on the practice videos. I mean, it, it's still cool to see, um, but yeah, you know, what watching stretches like that? It it, it was a little, it was a surreal moment, like being in the stands because people were watching and like literally, you know, you, there were pockets of clapping at any time they switched exercises, <laughs> and then it kind of, I guess when they got up on their feet after they had uh, done some stretches on the ground, um, that's when you know when the the volume kind of picked up a little bit. It's definitely a first for me.
2: What about you, Ferber? Yeah, I'm with Dave. I kind of expected to see it. I mean, they made a big deal about saying how, you know, the, the, everything that Winters does with the – I hope – that I pronounce that right? Uh, with did. the team, you know, it's going to be kind of different and more organized. So not a big surprise, uh, like they said, kind of from seeing the practice videos. I was
1: a little surprised, like, when they were doing – you know, leg raises and all that stuff. It wasn't all in unison,
0: <laughs>
1: but uh, it was not You know, moving to each particular thing was in unison, but the guys kind of did it at their own pace, obviously.
0: Well, then they did you this know. thing like where I they didn't were want to
1: like, look like the Rockettes, but you
0: know. well, no, no, no. But they were like on their side, right? They were like on their side, and they had to roll. They had to, like they were like planking almost on their side, and like they switched like in unison and stuff. Yeah. Um, but then also too, like when the when different groups would take the field. So there was a lot of eleven-on work. This was not this was not like a normal kind of practice. It was definitely a practice designed through the prism of of eleven-on stuff. But like it seemed like to me, like when when you saw the guys when they were taking the field, they do the you know they I, I think they say UVA and then they all yeah. go down and then they say who's. Um, but it's a it's an interesting thing that I noticed uh, in the past with BYU. But they do they like when when guys take the field, they go in together. Um, I, I like the uh, the symbolism, and I think it kind of reinforces the message. Um, I was also super impressed with, like, how involved Wintrick was. Um, that that was something that was a little new to me. I mean, in the past, Virginia's strength and conditioning coaches have, have been involved, but maybe not to that level, um, at least as far as I remember. Um, I might be wrong on that. But, well, they
1: changed a few times, so, I mean, it, it was, wasn't like any continuity there, so.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but I, I will say, I, it, talk about Wintrick for a second. I, I, was, I was impressed with not only how his intensity, but how involved he was, and also the way that the guys seemed to respond to him. Um, there was definitely a um, – he definitely demands respect, and you can tell that the kids respect him. But that, I think that was – maybe that's another thing to kind of – a nice segue. Like, above all, um, the thing was run efficiently – um, it was, it was very much, uh, there was a lot of accountability. I mean, I, I think I saw one offensive penalty and that dude definitely did some up downs, um, you know, and after every it seemed like after, you know, when, when, when groups of guys came out, there were maybe mistakes that they made. And, um, and you'd see a handful, a, a guy here, or a guy there doing some up downs, accountability clearly at a whole other level.
1: Um, was yeah, Brewer that, did up downs. Wait, well, did he throw a pick?
2: he must have, I think he, yeah, I think he did. I, it, no, it was something
1: to do with how they lined up
2: or something. Yeah, he that's said right. something about it after the practice. He said something about they lined up incorrectly or like they didn't get the playoff in time, even though there wasn't a play clock, something like that.
1: Yeah. That would crack me up. Cause I don't know if you, you guys are watching that, but Brewer was doing the up downs and like, I think Bronco was in front of him and Beck was in front of him and they were both focused on the next play. Brewer's just doing up downs and he, after he does a few, he'll like raise his shoulders. Like, is that enough? And he just keeps going until finally someone turns around and said, that's it. Yeah. Tim <laughs> it was, Harris,
2: Tim Harris did the same thing and he did so many. I thought he was going to die. Well, yeah, there were a couple of times where Tim and, and Trey
0: Harbison both. I was like, Hey, could somebody maybe go check on them just to make sure? Because like, uh they were giving Harbison a lot of carries. I, I think um that was one thing that was interesting to me is that I didn't see a lot of uh of Myzel um you know taking snaps at running back in those uh those drills where essentially it was it was based basically um the running back's gonna 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 run the ball right at you and you need to stop it. But Harberson got a lot of carries. I was really impressed with him. Um I yeah. thought he was he did not look like a guy who had been on, on grounds for you know, a few we- of half a semester. I mean, he looked like a guy who uh, had 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 been in in the system for a while and and he fits. I mean, you can tell that like they like bigger backs. they like to have they like to have playmakers at, at obviously, and they certainly want to have a guy like uh, Mizell or a guy like Zacchaeus. But in terms of the running backs, I, you get the feeling that Harvison might be the future um, just because he had his, he has this really cool ability to just get a few extra yards every time. And he, and he does a thing where he kind of he, – he anticipates con- – he's got good vision, he anticipates contact, and he always seems to go forward. Um, you know, you're, he's not a guy you're going to bring down from behind for a loss of one. I mean, he just seemed to do a really good job at, at going ahead, and, and I think that's part of, you know, part of the style uh, of this offense is they want to keep taking it to you. And he's a, he was lowering the boom on a bunch of guys. I was, I was really impressed with him. Who were some other guys on the offensive side of the ball that you, you guys were impressed with?
1: i liked it. no number <laughs> no, it was uh it was a little challenge i mean uh, no number had a, up and down day yeah, no number had a you know, no number heck of a game um it was challenging at, you know at points during the day especially um you know when the play was on the backside, <laughs> it was really difficult to tell what was going on but i thought harbison stood out to me a lot I and mean, once i was confident that's who it was um it, like you say, you don't really think of a big back and and an up-tempo system, but it makes sense. I mean, you can hit a guy with a 200-plus-pound guy, hit a team with him every 15 seconds. That's probably good for breaking them down. Um, yeah, I thought Dowling looked good. LeVroni looked good. Um, Warren Kraft, who I found out later, that's who I was looking at. <laughs> he looked pretty good. Um, I mean, the, I thought the starting lines looked pretty good. Um it you know, wasn't anyone that stood out. Uh, yeah, I thought at times the defensive line took advantage. I don't think, especially what was it the um, when they were doing eleven on, and it was mainly it was play action or run. The Skelly, yeah. Is that what they called it. Uh, I can't remember what they called it. I don't yeah, I think. think no, it, it wasn't the Skelly.
2: Skelly, Skelly seven on seven. Yeah, oh, Skelly okay. seven on seven. Bad,
1: yeah, bad. it was it was eleven on, and they were doing play action and run work. So the you know the defensive line was reacting to that. So they were. You know, pinching down hard anyway. Defense line kind of dominated that, but, right. um, and then uh, Tim Harris kind of stood up, stood out to me just because he's been, yeah, you know, criticized so cooped much. Up. I kept my eye on him. <laughs>
0: he's been cooped up for for three yeah. years. Uh, I mean, there's so there's okay. some standouts. All right. Well, let's let's try to focus on Ferber, Try to focus on offense, uh,
2: even though. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think he said defense. Yeah,
0: yeah, Dave I couldn't just, help it. I got Dave, carried away. Dave, Dave just basically wrote his own rules. All right. So offensively, who 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 kind of caught your attention, good or
1: bad?
2: Yeah. So the two people. Well, I'll start with the good. Um, the two or three, yeah, three guys that kind of caught my eye uh, were Zacchaeus. He had a couple big. I think he had two or three touchdowns. Um, he had a big game or whatever you want to call it festival um and and Lavrone. uh Laverone also had a couple big plays. He, I think he's going to play a lot on the outside with Dowling. I think that's pretty much the pecking order at this point. Uh, I also was impressed with Jordan Ellis. I thought he had a pretty decent practice. He's kind of forgotten about within that running back group, but he's I mean, he he showed a lot of what he showed at points last year when he when he had the opportunity, so I thought he was pretty impressive. Um in a bad way, the quarterbacks. Yeah. I thought they were average to not good. I don't know. Um I mean I it just felt like there was a lot of I, I don't know. It, it was a lot of missed throws and just like the first throw of practice was Connor Brewer throwing a five yard out and it was just in the ground. And the neck and then John's first throw was like a overthrow to the tight end. Like well overthrow. So or whoever or slot guy I guess. Um, but overall, I was not very impressed with that group. Yeah, I think to me,
0: first off, the running backs have to stand out because that that group is as deep um, as anything. I mean that you, you just made a great point. Like Jordan Ellis had a really good practice, and like where is he? You know where where are he and Harbison on the depth chart? Like buried, right? I mean that that group is really deep, really strong, um, versatile too. If you think about it. I could see a scenario where they they use Mizell a lot um, with Zacchaeus moving them around a little bit, and then have other guys in the backfield. Um, I, I think we're, we might finally get to see the two back kind of uh, <laughs> look we've been hoping to see for like two seasons now.
1: Yeah, I mean with Ellis Harbison, um, Zacchaeus, and, and Mizell, you, you've almost got like two you know a couple two man teams you can put together big. Big little. Um, yeah, we haven't even talked about Ham
0: or Reed. I mean, like if you think yeah. about. It, I mean, like this. It's an incredibly deep group. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yes. And at, at one point uh, after practice, and I cut this out of the story because it didn't really work. But um, after this, after the practice, Doug Dowdy, um, shout out to Doug Dowdy, um, asked a question about how they're going to use Mizell and Zacchaeus and whether uh, Mizell will be a running back or a wide receiver and. And Mendenhall, and that's why I think going back to Brad's point about how he didn't get a lot of reps in the running, like the run, pl- play-action stuff, I think it's interesting because he made a point of saying, oh, he's the primary running back. Like, But he also made a point of saying they didn't want to show everything in this setting. Um, So he kind of said that I think maybe that was deliberate, that he didn't get a lot of touches. But he also, when asked how they would use those two players specifically, he said, and I don't know if he was being sarcastic or not, but he was like, we, you know, we could use... Mizell in the backfield and O, he calls him O, O in the slot. Or we could use O in the slot and Mizell in the slot. Or we could use O in the backfield and Smoke in the slot. Or we could use O in the backfield and o, and Smoke in the backfield. Or, or, like, or it, wide receiver, too. He right, said, and he I, I was like, how long, long is this going to go on with all these different scenarios? <laughs> yeah, he kind of, yeah, I, he listen to He made a, a point of saying they're going to try to get them the ball a lot. He said that. He said we're going to try to get them the ball a lot, and he also, you know, made a point of saying that they're they're going to move around a lot, which is good. Yeah. And that's what I mean. I even you know disparage Steve Ferris all you want, and he definitely deserves a lot of blame for stuff that happened. But um, I mean, he did do a pretty good job of moving O around at the very, you know, right. at least. So.
1: Well, yeah. Is- the one thing you can say about BYU is I don't know if you guys remember like scouting them, you know, the 2000 was it 13, right when they came here, right? Um, I mean, at that point, right. uh, Hill wasn't. A very gifted passer. I mean that offense was tace them left, taste them right, taste them up the middle. And they did it over and over and over. So I mean, I think they've proven that they're not they're not gonna like you know, in the past we would give Fairchild a hard time and make everything look so complicated instead of just taking the easy BYU you know, at BYU, this offensive staff certainly showed they're willing to if it works, just keep rotting it. We don't need to look like geniuses. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, they kind of they did a lot of short to intermediate stuff with Hill in that game, and then uh, a lot of read option stuff. And then they obviously they had Jamal Williams, who was a good running back. Yeah, and they were missing. They knew they were missing their best wide receiver, Cody Hoffman, who didn't play in that game. Right. Uh, so they kind of relied a lot. Of, they did a lot of those pop passes where Hill would like roll out and then just throw it to the sideline, um, stuff like that, like little easy stuff for him, so he wouldn't make a mistake like throwing a pick at the end of the game right. and <laughs> losing the game, perhaps.
1: <laughs> it's funny
0: because, like, nobody ever brings that up, but it was kind of one of those, like, oh, wow kind of moments. Um, but, no, like, with this team, to me, because you do have Zacchaeus and Mizell, because they both are all-purpose kind of guys, like, you you should have one of them on the field at all times. Like, there should never uh, – you know what I mean? Like, you very, like I, I, maybe if there's a goal line set or something and you got it first and goal from the two – Maybe you don't have but, – but, like, otherwise, like, if nothing else, moving them around, um, whether it's in the slot, whether it's out wide, whether it's in the backfield, whether you're starting them in one spot moving them, whatever you want to do, you should have one of them on the field at all times. And the good thing about it is is that – then this is why <laughs> – this is why come fall or come late summer when we do our prediction podcast, it's going to be uh, – we're all going to make fools <laughs> of ourselves again. Because you look at this offense and you have – you see playmakers, right? You see – Mizell and, and Zacchaeus, you know, Mizell running back, Zacchaeus somewhat of a hybrid a little bit. Then you, you've you got the depth at running back, so you know they can they can live through an injury. Um, you know, then you look at wide receiver. You've got Andre Lavrone and Donnie Dallin, who seem to really kind of uh, elevated their games. I think both of them fit this scheme really well. I never thought that Virginia did a good enough job of getting the ball downfield in general. Um, but... You know, to me, I, I just like I like a lot of the weapons, and you know that more are coming. I, I mean, I think I expect Joe Reed and uh, Haziz Dubois to 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 play. I think that by the time that the the wide receiver core gets together, you you look at Kraft and Keon Johnson um, as guys I think that are going to contribute um, no matter where they you know where they line up or how they fit. I just I just think they have a lot of playmakers offensively. The question is going to be quarterback and offensive line, which I feel like is a little bit of a broken record, but maybe that's the situation for every team, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week. I mean, I, th- I think we're going to have to get some I- – I like what we have at the top in a lot of positions. Um, it's just the depth behind it. So, at wide receiver especially, I think, you know, Reed and, and Dubois you know, can, can come in and, again, make an impact. Um, I was getting ready to go somewhere. I don't – do we see any tight ends play on Saturday? Yeah, Marshall was
0: them. in, uh, I thought uh, – um... Bernie was in. I saw Cali as well. So they were in the – yeah, they played. Um, I feel like I saw a couple – Evan, but-
2: Evan Butts was in a non-contact. Yeah, he was in a
0: non-contact jersey. I, I think he's probably the the he's probably the guy who starts at that position. But, you know, Cali yeah. and Bernie kind of fit because they're longer – you know, they're not – UVA is not going to play like a traditional kind of on-the-line tight end, but they, they're definitely going to use a, a bigger guy who can get down the seam. Um, or who can catch a little, um, you know, a little, whether it's a, uh, you know, an, a wrap or, or something, you know, looking for some kind of dump off or something like that. I, I, I thought, honestly, watching uh, Cowley, I thought on the sidelines, I was like, you know, he, he looks body-wise like he could really fit here. And so if they do need some help, um, you know, in that, in that respect, I think those guys can do a pretty good job of kind of filling that need. Um, because Baumgartner is, even though he was a tight end in high school, he is pl- he is apparently practicing a defensive end. Though I don't remember seeing him. Um, he was the only guy that I can remember looking for that I didn't that I couldn't find and, and didn't see enough of, obviously, to to kind of come away with any kind of opinion. So let's talk about. <laughs> sorry, I, th- I thought you guys would would pick that up. Okay, let's talk about yeah. defense. Um, so I think we all agree that the question marks on on offense are are clear. Uh, what are your question marks on defense, and, and what did you see to help you answer them?
1: Yeah, depth on the defense alone, obviously. Um, I thought Handback had a pretty good, good, you know, good day. I had, of course, I wanted to see what Brown was doing, what Wilkins were doing, and I, and I thought they they impressed. Um, but Handback held his own, certainly at the point of attack, and you know, occupied blockers, but. Once you get past those three, there's not a whole lot of depth there, and you know, yeah, it's kind of the moral of the story. If you know, if Virginia has a perfect year health wise, they've got the talent to have a good team. But you know, if they have energy issues on the on the trenches, it could get ugly in a especially, hurry. Especially,
0: especially a tackle, I mean, yeah. especially knows at the
1: nose spot. I mean, that if Dante Wilkins
0: has to stay healthy. Uh, he should walk around grounds in a in a bubble. Um, maybe one of those. Uh, um, those rolling, you know, those things that they bring to, like, games, you know, those yeah, big, those big yeah. balls and the guy stands inside. Like, just let him out on Saturday mornings. Um, yeah, I agree. I thought Handback was way – I don't know. I, it doesn't – I guess in some ways it makes sense, but he he looked way more comfortable um, in that role than I expected him to look. Um, mainly because, you know, even, even when he, he was a recruit, he was still going to be a defensive tackle. Um, the – the question mark I have, aside from just depth on the line, is 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 how the linebackers shake out. Um, you know, you you got Kaiser in the middle um, in one of the middle spots, and so you feel really good about him, obviously. Um, then, but after that, you're, you, there's just question marks. You know, you get Bradshaw or Stalker inside. Who ends up being outside can. Um, I, I know Chris Peace was in limited contact, um, but you know him, Simmons, um, Corey Jones, Malcolm Cook. You're looking for some some guys to to, to kind of catch on. and then my other question is, how I guess maybe because I, I'm, I was so used to Grows Three four, which was very much you know they didn't necessarily rotate a lot of dudes. I wonder like of the of the linebackers how, are, are, does he is he going to look to play four and kind of keep that group together? Is he going to look to play multiple guys? You know is it going to be you know he play, he rotates three guys inside and, and three guys outside? How's that going to work? Um, to me, that's, that's the, the biggest question mark to me. Because, I mean, death is one of those things that either is or it isn't. Um, when, you talk about, when you start talking about who's going to do what and how they're going to be able to perform, that's, that's my question. I mean, you know Wilkins and, and Brown and, and probably Handback, if, if Stephen Wright can't um, unseat him there, or probably your, your, defensive, your defensive linemen. I mean, your linebackers right now are really up in the air. Um, so that, to me, was, was something that kind of stood out. I was also really impressed with Juan Thornhill at corner. Um, I mean, Tim Harris was a guy I, – I, I, honestly, I expected him to have this type of spring like two springs ago, but I also understand the, 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 the scheme was just so limiting for him. You know, he was a guy who he – he just didn't fit. I mean, here's a guy, length and athleticism and strength, real physical dude, and you're asking him to essentially give up his strengths to, I don't know, chase – Guys, I just never, I never understood it. Now you're allowing it to be a little more physical to the line. It makes sense. Thornhill at, at corner is an interesting because I always thought he'd be the heir apparent to to Quinn at safety. Um, but to have be able to have Quinn and Rainey on the field with with Thornhill and, and Harris suddenly that's a that's a really strong, really kind of long uh, defensive backfield. All of a sudden, um, let me ask you guys what 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 else stood out to you defensively, Ferber?
2: I think the secondary is going to be pretty decent. Uh, Quinn looked, I mean, his role's not totally different, but he looked really comfortable out there. And then, like he's, you know, Tim Harris looked like he was born again. So um, that's great. And then I, I think Thornhill could play in a lot of different roles. So he's got the size and the athleticism. I think he could be a big corner or he can be, you know, a prototypical safety. So I was pretty impressed with those guys overall. And like you said, I mean, the depth in the front seven is going to be where. Uh, you know, a lot of the questions will have to be answered, I guess, going forward. But uh, it was also, you know, I made a point of saying this after the game or after the practice, it was kind of interesting to see the head coach run the defense, um, and he very much does. So I think that'll be um, something to watch going forward. You know, he's going to have a pretty big hand in this.
0: Yeah, that was that was interesting to me too. It was like watching him do the hand signals and stuff. And he does them so like nonchalantly, you know?
2: Yeah, it's like he's trying not for anybody to notice that he's doing it or something.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean like, I thought the communication in general was pretty interesting but yeah you know, uh, g- touching on Thornhill he's just you know you you see some <clears throat> he's probably one of the most athletic cornerbacks I'm trying to think I mean we've had some good cornerbacks come through um recently but I mean he's just for a guy his size to ha- be so fluid um, and so quick I mean he's just got all the tools
0: you, you want I'm going to I'm going to drop some serious knowledge on here you ready for this Please do You ready for this You know he's who a better reminds me player. of if you took Muffin Curry and just stretched him out, that's who he reminds me of. And I don't, I, I don't know why. I watched him one point and thought, man, like, if you – yeah, if you took – it was like one of these – it was like it just hit me. I was like, if you took Muffin Curry and made him taller, like, that's what he looked like to me. And I wonder, oh, man, was it Bronco? Yeah, it had to have been Bronco we were talking to. And he mentioned about Thornhill essentially moving all over the field, like he could play multiple spots like Ferber just was talking about. And I got to thinking, I was like, you know, he has – he has some interesting pieces here. He could he could do a lot with guys in the secondary and be really exotic about blitz packages and stuff. Like you, I think they're going to do more with that, and it makes sense because you're going to have more guys at the line of scrimmage and whatnot. Um, but that was just something that came to me is that Thornhill, because I think, I mean, he just is he's such an all around athlete, and he's so physically he's, he's built for it. But then also too, I think because because he was so prolific on both sides of the ball. I think he has a better feel for. Yeah, I really do think this is a situation where a kid who was a quarterback, uh, you know, off, an offensive guy, is able to understand some of the defensive aspects a little bit more. I'm really interested to see what Nick Howell does with him um, because I think that's going to be um, that's going to be huge because this defense, this secondary is actually, you know, with the exception of Thornhill, extremely experienced, right? But if he can be a guy who carries his his weight over there. Uh, and makes plays that 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 makes a huge, huge difference for this team. And certainly for a group that is gonna be thin on the defensive line, the the secondary is gonna have to be strong because I don't think they're gonna get as much of a pass rush just out of that that front um as maybe they would they would they would like. Um the other thing to me, defensively um, is gonna be um, how it's. It's a scheme I think that fits the 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 mindset of of what Bronco wants to do. I wonder how if guys have any issues making that transition. But at the same time, physically, in terms of what what Wintrick is preparing them for, um, they're probably going to be as ready as any defense Virginia's ever fielded. Is, do we do we kind of agree on that?
1: I mean, I think the team as a whole, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Now there might be look George had some really talented defenses. Don't get me wrong, and, and Al did too. But I'm just saying that in terms of being physically prepared and physically able to do the job,
1: yeah. I mean like, George has some defenses like eight guys played in the league, so it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, not, yeah, I'm
0: good. not. I'm not comparing them on that level. Yeah. But what I'm saying is in, in physically, physically yeah. in terms of their stamina, in Fitness. terms of them, right? Like what Wintrick is preparing these guys to go through is nothing, I think, in comparison. Um, and I'm interested to see what kind of actual impact that has. I mean, I made the point to Greg Burton this week on, on, on 950 that, like, the idea should be, right, that, that that the more physically prepared you are and the less your body is screaming at you during a game, the easier it is for you to focus on what's important, right? So you're not paying attention to, to that stuff. You're, you're, your body's able to process what you're going through, and so therefore you're able to have a, a more calm sense of focus, right? If that's the way it plays out, and this group is, is, is ready, uh, as ready physically as I think they will be, Think about tempo and, and like, what other teams in the league or, or on the schedule are really going to put them in a bind, right? Because think about it. It used to be when you played teams that were, were faster, that wanted to 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 really work you out, you got worried and you got stressed about it. Well, this team is not going to ever have to deal with that. Like, they're going to be ready for that no matter what. Um, And so I kind of think of it in the standpoint of, like, it really does make a lot of sense that you prepare these guys, even if you're even if your offense is the one obviously carrying the tempo, you prepare your defense as if they're always gonna play against it and then they're 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 always ready for it no matter what. And I think that that's that that's an interesting thing for them going forward.
1: Yeah, I mean and you know, the way the way the rules are written now, I mean you if you you know, if you can get a defense that i don't know where i'm going with this but uh, yeah, i mean the offense can dictate substitution patterns so well right now. so you right. know if you've got 11 guys that are more fit than the 11 across from them that's always an advantage and i think it's you know bronco often talks about you know his team's going to play harder than anyone else but he also follows it up with they're going to try harder and longer so you know not only are they going to play hard to start they're going to be playing hard in the fourth and um you can see it in the conditioning heck you saw it in a practice saturday i mean there was no let up between the you know, the first session, the last one, um, the expectations were the same from the coach and staff. I mean, and, and the tempo was the same. Um, I think one thing that's going to be interesting is, you know, the kind of the way this thing sh- shook out. You know, with the season ending, everyone kind of knowing coach was gone and everyone sticking, you know, being in school, finding out who was coming and then being excited to start work. What I'm interested to see is what happens over the next few weeks when they finally have a break. You know, there some of these guys are you know, after school ends, they're going to go home for a little while. Um, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't want to like get people on to worry, but there'll probably be. I don't know anyone specifically. I'm just I mean, chances are there's going to be one or two guys that after the spring are like, hey, you know, yeah, maybe not me. Most likely right. be a guy we well, didn't see a yeah, lot of.
0: Yeah, you're probably thinking you're probably thinking on the right track here, which is it, it seems human, right, to think yeah. that. Now, because I mean, on but honestly, I kind of count Grant Polk in that because it came the day of, so it kind of was one of the things. Like, you know what? I think this is this is probably not for me. There might be some other guys that are in there. I I wonder though, would you really put yourself through that and then not? You know what I am saying? Like, like what what's going to be asked of them between now and the and obviously the the summer months? Is I mean, they're going to have. Some pretty grueling workouts. Still. I mean, they, I think it all depends
1: on me. you know how much you really bought in. I mean, it's easy to buy when you're bro- when you're around your brothers twenty four seven, but you know when you go home and you're you're not, right. you know, you're going to do some. You know, I, I think we could all expect one or two guys. Um,
0: yeah, and, but it would be. It I guess you're, you guess the way to say it would be it would be interesting if or I guess intriguing at least if they make it and nobody you know they don't have any other yeah
1: kind of position. Yeah, I guess my point of that is the upside is the guys who do stick. You know, Blanco's already made it pretty clear you're going to have to re qualify for everything for fall practice. So, those guys who've only have what nine weeks now is that right?
0: Well, they had nine weeks before spring, start. yeah.
1: So, yeah, 12 weeks essentially of of working with Wintrick. The guys that are really dedicated are going to have from now until mid July, you know. So, I my guess is most of these guys don't want to go back into the shape they were, so they have <laughs> to, to well, start this process do some, all over. They're going
0: to do some, some like not necessarily uh, like a team team thing but kind of what they did before spring was i mean i get the feeling like the thing's not going to stop I, I think that in, at least until they till they go home for the for the semester but see a lot of them are going to stay because that's just the way, yeah, the way it kind of is, is. so i mean you might have a handful of guys that'll be gone but
1: um, but we saw visible changes in bodies over yeah, 12 visible.
0: weeks yeah that's that's the other thing is like some of these like i had a problem i was good on the number without numbers except for the offensive line because like all these dudes look the same and they all look like 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 lean down versions of themselves. Like I saw Eric Smith up close and was like, dude, he's in the best shape I've ever seen him. Um, Like a lot of those guys I think are easily in the best shape of their lives. And I'm thinking, man, what are they going to be like in six more months? Um, You know, once they've had a chance to work. And I think that kind of goes to my last point, which is like, I really enjoy watching the coaches in action. I mean, they are as intense as, as they are. Like you see them like on social media and whatnot, and you, you get the sense that, like, man, they're all over the place. But, like, seriously, like, during a practice, they are as high energy as anything I've ever seen. Um, I can't think of a coaching staff that, that that is that involved in each and every aspect. I mean, they are running. They are into it. They are. I mean, like, even after the play, I mean, I think Shane – I saw Shane Hunter, like, sprint to the ball like ten times in one in one little section. You know, it was like every play he's sprinting to the ball. Um, and he's a coach. I mean, that's just to me was a was was kind of was kind of striking. Just how didn't much did
2: Romero do a rep? Yeah, I watched
0: Daquan yeah. Romero go through a rep. Um, with uh, they were going through. Uh, well, what was it? They were doing. Uh, it was like corner. That reps. was like
2: individuals. I yeah, think. it was like
0: in, in the individuals. And he was like showing one of the kids how to do something, and he did it himself. Like these guys, it, the culture is we're all in it. Like they really are. Like they are. The coaches are in it, and like. I've seen some comments that have come you know from different players about last year's staff in various stories and various uh, uh outlets and i saw I saw one prominent tech uh, uh I don't know what the hell do you call it tech uh, he's not a writer radio personality talk about uh you know throw Mike London under the bus, and I'm like, I don't necessarily think they're throwing London under the bus. I think what they're saying is is that the old way that they did things was stale and like they didn't have the the staff was not wait a minute staff. wait a minute
1: you mean the tech fan you know tech people who ran beamer out of town
2: <laughs> no, I'm no just saying. i think what i think what he really meant was like they weren't trying hard enough to fix it right Right. like it like was like they, were, was just like they were just around. gonna like, they were content to keep things the way they were right and yeah. i also think his comment was probably more directed at the assistants
0: right and that's what i got was that like is, is the idea that you never saw Fairchild and Tanuta and these guys on the practice field running around. Like they all, they handled it much more like a, like a pro coach might, you know? Um, and the reality is, is that like, yeah, things were broken and nobody seemed to be minding the, the shop. Whereas these guys, it's like they're all over every detail. And you get the sense in watching Bronco, like, that he, very, he doesn't miss much. Um, <laughs> I mean, he is, you don't get the sense that he misses much at all. But also, too, like, he has a process for how he evaluates everything. Um, when he, he goes – at the end of practice, we, we do this little uh, presser with him, essentially. And then he starts listing out all the things that the the staff is going to do. And he basically gave us their entire itinerary between That now was insane. And,
2: he went he went through, like, 25 things. He was like, and we were like, this, what the hell? When's he going to stop? we're going to
0: do this, and then we're going to do that. I mean, like, most coaches would be able to tell you, like, yeah, we're going to take a few weeks, and we're going to do this, this, and this like he played he like he act is almost like as if in his brain he was reading off the itinerary between now and and the start of camp.
2: It was if just you listen to the quote, it would sound like he read it off a piece of paper. Yeah, except I,
0: except he all he was doing is he's pointing. He was like what's he, he was like pointing up and he was like hey, we we're going to do this and then do this and we're going to do that. It was it was pretty he also gives him like a month off, which I I feel like I feel like in the past, like guys get like a week or so here or there, but like I guess the idea being that he makes it so they can actually go and do something like with their family. July is, like, is
2: usually like the slowest month for the coaches, so but they would still I mean, that's do That's when they'll camps go on vacation.
1: Stuff. I wonder if that's normal though. I mean, a lot of those guys haven't moved out here yet. Like a two way family still in Utah, he's got to go get them. Um, yeah, he so, his last night yeah. was at
0: the Cav Inn and I talked to uh Robert and I's wife, and they were just uh, in the process of still moving. So it sounds like they were waiting until after spring. F- for them to finish like their their spring evaluation, and then for everybody to come, I think some of the other families have come, but it sounds like everybody will be here within the next couple months. Um, yeah. So that's a that's an interesting. I mean, like I said, I just think that watching these guys work was just kind of fascinating.
1: And yeah. And I, if you, I don't know, did you guys notice like at the open, um, you know, towards the hill, there was a couple players in the red jerseys, and then a couple guys. I don't know what they did. I, I don't know who it was. I couldn't figure it out. But the entire practice <laughs> they were just dragging each other yep like, yeah basically i think it was justin anderson the, who was on them the whole time
0: um no there's another there's another strength and conditioning guy okay uh, one of frank's uh, assistants who is a is a kind of a similar build and they were doing like dead man carries and dead. I don't know. They were over the wall and they were doing like a squat against the wall. And then like some of them were just walking the field the entire time, which is not uncommon for guys who are, you know, in limited contact who are just conditioning like to continue to do something. but normally they just walked or ran, you know, in the past. Like I'd never seen guys doing that kind of stuff, like dragging each other around and I mean like, yeah, yeah they're, they were really they're like
1: full padded and you could tell they would drive like four, you know, five or six steps and just be ready to pass out and have to keep going. I mean, that was very distracting to me because I just couldn't stop watching it.
2: <laughs>
0: well, if you could see football with, with players and numbers. Um, yeah. <laughs> I meant to – you know, it's funny. I, I I thought about this about five minutes after Broncos presser ended, but I wanted to ask him, like, so could you have done the numbers or are they still not there yet? But I also think that, like, maybe it was better that I forgot because, man, some of these um, – you know, some of this process stuff has has gotten really beaten down, which I think honestly maybe Broncos happy with because then he didn't have to an- he didn't have to sidestep too many specific questions. You know, pe- people were very enamored with the shiny objects and not necessarily paying attention to the details that you know I think he would probably like to keep to himself. Um, but overall, I mean, looking at it as a as a practice, I think it was it was enlightening in, for for a lot of ways, but also too it definitely underscored some question marks that the Cavaliers have to answer as they go into uh, into the off season. Um, you know, it's. It looks to me like a team that can, that can easily make a bowl game with the schedule that that they have. The question is going to be.
1: Um, whoa, whoa, man! In the don't man. <laughs> don't no, talk I'm just the saying easily around. No, no, I'm just saying.
0: I, I really do believe that. I think they have enough talent. The question is, can they get enough production on the trenches? Um,
1: We've had them go to a bowl game for eight straight years. Of course, yeah, we but that was
0: it. that was craziness. I mean, that was just that was craziness. I'm I'm talking about like if you look at the schedule, yeah, it's no, not. Man, and also tub. also think about like this.
2: One of one of us didn't have. Them that's true. Ferber
0: one. Ferber never did. Ferber was always the realist of the bunch. Um, there's a lot of change throughout the for, throughout the league. Um, you know, lots of new faces, lots of question marks. I mean, you know, teams replacing quarterbacks or multiple offensive linemen and quarterbacks. I mean, you know, just in the just in the um, you know just in the division. Um, if you think about it, uh, you know, in the coastal. I mean, there's there's a lot of lot of lot of unknowns. Um,
1: did we really go this whole podcast And not talk about the quarterbacks
0: We kind of did at the beginning
1: yeah, well, I mean,
0: We did Ferber was talking about how you know he thought That they looked kind of I,
1: mean, I, I, I think we can all quickly summarize it there were, Considering what we saw at Brewer last spring Oh <laughs> Mark I
0: mean like completely different Which I is mean, funny look, because I'm ooh. sure that Some, some jerk is going to bring that up And be like yeah remember last year when you guys killed him And I'm like dude if you had seen what we saw last year You'd have killed him too
1: Well I was trying to think did Lambert come in early Did he get a he spring did. before He did he, he was did. A, he was a really role yeah. here. Do y'all remember so okay, I was I couldn't remember if it was the fall and then I saw him, but I don't know if you guys remember like the first spring we got to see him. It was like, whoa, he's got an arm, but he does not look comfortable back yeah, there.
0: Yeah, I remember going to the practice at uh at ODU. Um wasn't there practice at ODU once? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't practice it, but there was one. Yeah. It was a practice down there and I remember talking to him. It was the first time I'd really had a Conversation with him since he had, you know, enrolled, and he talked about how, you know, how rough it was. So it makes sense to me that Brewer, you know, looked out of sorts last year. Lord well, part of the reason
2: he looked out of sorts is because he wasn't, he's not really the kind of quarterback that's going to do the things that he was asked to do. Um, he's more of a quarterback that fits this system. Yeah, that's true. And i i thought I thought in some of the individual quarterback drills last year, he looked just as good as the other guys. It was just when they got into the eleven yeah, on stuff right. where he looked bad.
0: Yeah, he did. He looked he looked like a guy who hadn't been messing around with the playbook long, and who had no comfort but when, with it.
2: But when they do the drills where it was like the deep out or like the throw to the end zone, I thought he was in step with the other two quarterbacks, right? In and, those last year, right?
0: So. But and now he he looks like a guy who who has benefited from the fact that he's ran some, he's run something like this in the past. But also, too, I think you know Matt's Matt's kind of trying to figure that out. This is you know this is third system. Um, now Brewer obviously learned a lot of systems too, but at least there's some carryover for him to this one. Um, I kind of felt like on Saturday that there were a lot of opportunities for big plays that the quarterbacks missed. Um, and that, to me, at least, you can look at it either way, right? Either the quarterback wants to make is ready to make the play, but the, maybe the wide receiver is not there, right? Or you can look at it the way it happened, which is, you know, the, the onus falls on the quarterback to make the throw. I would much rather have me in a situation where I need, I need this guy to be better or more consistent than I need multiple guys to step up. And I think Virginia's in a in a spot where if they can get some consistent play, um, that's gonna go take them a long way. So let me I guess maybe this will be a good good kind of conversation to wrap up with. How interesting is it though that even after all this change and these new faces and new schemes and new ways of doing things, here we are talking about what what is can the offensive line be better? What kind of consistency they're gonna get out of a quarterback position when they're having a quarterback competition, right? Can they can they use their, their their weapons effectively? I mean, a lot of these things sound similar. And here we are after all this change. And I'm oh my god, if they go back to like playing multiple quarterbacks and people lose their mind on the board, I don't even know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. Pray for one of those outages.
1: I don't think it's the concept of playing multiple quarterbacks. It's it's you know, not having a plan. I think that's uh, yeah. I don't know. The I willy
0: mean, nilliness of it all.
1: Yeah. I mean I'll yeah, tell you. if Go
2: ahead. Go ahead. Sir. Oh, no. I was going to say, if I had to guess now, and I don't know anything, but um, if I had to guess now, I think that, let me put it this way I don't know who the quarterback's going to have tried out first against Richmond, but I think Brewer's going to end up taking the job.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I was going to. I mean, you know, if you'd have told me before the spring, uh, I wouldn't have guessed it. But after Saturday, and just, and it's nothing, it's, you know, Matt's got experience, but it's, I think. You know, he and Connor both struggle throwing the ball at times, but Connor's got legs. Um, I, well, mean, I, don't I think he's definitely the, the faster it's the kind of the two.
0: The kind of check down that he's throwing, Matt is is just used to having more time to get that out. You know what I mean? And Well, Beck
2: was even saying it wasn't just like the quickness of the offense, it's the quickness of doing things before the snap. Right. Yep. And he said Brewer's doing He, I didn't say it this way, but the way he said it, the, the way I took it was Brewer caught up to Matt because. He was processing that kind of stuff a lot faster, and that got him more reps. And then once he got the reps, he started. They Making were like, the "Oh, he can play." Right. Yeah, well, because you think yeah, I mean, about
1: Connor it. did play at Texas and Airs. I mean, he, he was with Rich Rod, right? So
0: yeah, I mean, you think about it. Johns was used to you know coming out there, seconds. looking at the looking <laughs> at the looking at the defense. You know, I mean, he's used to taking his time. I can imagine that if you've done that for what, years,
2: and that's what Beck said. The hardest transition is to the to the tempo. It's not the running to the line. It's the doing all that other stuff before you sample. Right.
0: Being able to identify, okay, he yeah. he's a man. I got it. that's this look. I the, you know, I'm going to do this. And also, too, like I said, it's it's the the where the 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 short routes are you would think, but you know, it seems kind of kind of makes sense, right? That the shorter routes are easier to throw. The reality is because you have to get it out faster. You know, Matt and at times, you I mean, cuz you think about it, like the offensive line wasn't that great and yet they didn't get sacked that often. Um the reality is is that part of the offense was you know they were able to kind of just i don't know do that um you know but 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 too often they weren't able to make plays out of it, and that's the thing that has to change they have to be able to to get the ball out quickly um and 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 honestly, I think that's the difference between not making a ball and making a bowl um and I, like I said, I think this team has the has the capability the question is going to be can they execute and again, everything is new and not <laughs> you know it's just it's it's the the entry, interesting aspect of, the of, of I guess, uh, coaching change in this specific instance. I mean, well, I, I guess no coach was going to be able to come in and, and everything was going to be fixed, right? You're going to have to see it happen before you go, oh, yeah, okay, they fixed that. Um, but I'm looking forward to the season, and, and it should be um, – it definitely should be a lot more – people are going to be a lot more invested. Um, I think there's no doubt about that. I mean, what, they get 5000 for a practice. Um, and I know people – Want we'll to make fun of you know how many people come to spring games or whatever, but when you haven't when you haven't done anything substantial in like ever um and you get people to come out to watch a practice and cheer for stretching i mean I think that's a pretty good indication of how hungry they are and I mean if you look at it, you know the basketball program didn't used to sell out either um and yet you know when when you when you have a team to pull for that you believe in, um you know it has a lot of power, so we'll we'll definitely be tracking that. Um, as we go forward, I think uh, I think it's a good place to to put a pen in it. Want to thank everybody out there for uh, for giving us a listen. Want to thank you guys for being here. Um, and hey uh, yeah, we might be back next week. Depends on um, schedules and stuff. We'll, we'll, now that we we transitioned to the off season, I don't know if we'll be doing a podcast every week, but we'll we'll try to stick to it as much as we can. Um, but again, thanks everybody out there for uh, for your support. For David Spence, for Justin Ferber I'm Brian Franklin, publisher of Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.